Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Well, welcome back. Here's a look at Wednesday's footy fix. Brentford taking on Brighton at 5.30 p.m. Eastern on Peacock. We also have that big one, the U.S. Women's National Team taking on the Netherlands at 9 p.m. Eastern on Fox. L.A. Galaxy hosting Leon 10.30 p.m. Eastern in Leagues Cup. That's on Apple TV+. And then Brighton early tomorrow morning. Portugal, Vietnam at 3.30 a.m. And then Australia taking on Nigeria. Both of those matches on FS1. Right now, we're going to send it on over to Michelle for some headlines. And I just want to point something out. Your jumpsuit, which is fabulous. Okay. Ah, your girl loves a jumpsuit. I was wearing one the other day. It has been pointed out to me that your jumpsuit appears orange mm. on camera, but in it's, real it's life, in real life, <laughs> you guys could see it with it's our own eyes. It is, it, it's yes. red. This it's is red. All U.S. So I just, all USA. I want to clarify in case mm. anybody at home was questioning yes. your allegiance. It is actually Twitter's red. going wild if right you, now. If you came and stood next You've to Alexis, been canceled. we could yeah. see. Seriously. You've just been canceled. We could see the difference. We're putting like a lot of attention on the jumpsuit. <laughs> it's a red jumpsuit. <laughs> Alexis, I can't speak for you. Right. I'll, I'll see you at the anti-America meetings after this. <laughs> okay, so we were talking about the U.S. Women's National Team earlier today, and they returned to World Cup action tonight. One of their best players appears ready to step back into the starting lineup, Rose Lavelle spoke to the media ahead of tonight's marquee clash with the Netherlands. And while the American playmaker didn't confirm she would be starting, her being chosen as the U.S. player to speak to media does suggest she's a good bet to start against the Dutch side in a rematch of the 2019 Women's World Cup final, which, of course, Lavelle scored in. And from, World Cup, from the World Cup to world crime, Tottenham owner Joe Lewis has been indicted in the United States on charges of insider trading with U.S. prosecutors accusing Lewis of providing confidential stock information to friends and associates. The British billionaire made headlines recently for reportedly advising Tottenham to sell Harry Kane if the English star won't sign a new contract. Great segue, by the way. <laughs> you like that. In other transfer news, Manchester United is reportedly preparing to add another Another major piece to its midfield. According to multiple reports, in Italy, United is lining up a $28 million bid for Fiorentina midfielder, three times lucky, uh, Sofian Amrabat, the Moroccan standout, has reportedly agreed to personal terms with Manchester United and would join a midfield that has already added Mason Mount this summer. In other transfer news, the proposed Fabinho move to Saudi Arabia has hit a snag. According to multiple reports, the Brazilian midfielder's proposed $52 million move to Al Etihad has been delayed, leaving Fabinho in limbo despite already having completed a medical for the move. Liverpool had left him out of the early part of preseason in anticipation of the Saudi move, but Fabinho has all now joined the team's preseason preparation. While Fabinho's move to Saudi Arabia has been held up, another Liverpool midfielder's move to the Middle East should be completed today. Jordan Henderson's transfer to Saudi Pro League side Al Etifak is reportedly due to be announced today with the English midfielder in Croatia at Al Etifak's uh, preseason, putting the finishing touches on a reported $15 million transfer 
from Liverpool. According to reports, Henderson said goodbye to his Liverpool teammates ahead of the transfer that will reunite, reunite him with Al Etifax manager Steven Gerrard. Susanna, I know that you are a big Liverpool fan. How does Liverpool pick up the pieces after this? Or was this kind of the perfect time for them to part ways? I mean, here's the thing. I don't love this move simply because I don't think Jordan Henderson had to make this move to, to Saudi. I, I kind of foresaw him going, maybe going back to Sunderland uh, or, or a, a move more in line with that. Um, he, he, his time at Liverpool was, was basically over. I mean, he... he that midfield really suffered uh, this last season. He just mm. he can't move as well. He's he's not the same player that he was. He's he's getting older, and so I have no problems with the club moving on from Jordan Henderson. Yes, he was your captain, and he served well for for many years for them, and he'll always have a special place in um, Liverpool fans' hearts in that regard. When it's, and time, it's time, when it's time, it's time. Um, and then you know when you look at the moves that Liverpool made mm. uh, this offseason to kind of bolster that midfield, I'm I'm quite happy with the direction that they're you going in. You stepped up. You take yes, upgraded 100%. with Alexis McAllister. Absolutely, absolutely. I do feel that. I just don't. I just personally don't like this move because I just don't think Jordan Henderson had mm. to had to do it. I mean, it's. A, I get it. They're offering a lot of money. <laughs> and he's Gerard's translator now. <laughs> maybe maybe that if was If they could the even move. understand him. Maybe that was Is he a move. legend? Is he a Liverpool legend? I think so. I mean, he's he was he was such a good Cap- captain. He was, a, he was the, such a good captain. Champions League winner. Yeah. A, a Premier League winner. Uh, yeah. I would be hard-pressed yeah. to It's just know. a club with a lot of legends. I don't think he makes your, yeah. you know, Mount Rushmore of Liverpool. No. Maybe no. not. Of this no. era. Of this era? No, no, no. But he will go of down as, like, he, he will be, go down as beloved. In Liverpool, legend. I just, for me, it's like this is a little one of those. It's a little bit tough to deal with because mm-hmm. it's we live in modern, modern era. This is everything has changed, and I I cannot blame someone for taking that bag. But for someone who has stood up so strongly for LGBTQIA yeah. plus issues to then move to uh, to the place where it's very very unwelcome, that's a little disappointing for me. I no, understand th- that's, this. That's the issue with the Saudi money, that's the issue because you can represent certain moral values and and, and feel strongly about them, but then when they offer you cash that you've never thought you would see before in your life that you could secure the well-being of of your grandchildren. That's why it's so difficult. This is why it's messed up. I'm sitting here on a desk. I'm not getting offered this, and I believe very strongly in these issues, but I'm not getting the check Uh, put in my hand. It would be so difficult for all of us to say no (laughs) No, to to close to hundreds of millions of dollars because it's our well-being. Again, this goes back to the same conversation we have. Look at how the PGA handled their whole situation when Liv was getting stronger and stronger, and they stood by their moral values and, and all of these things. But at the end of the, the day... The, the dollar amount changed <laughs> and everything changed. But that's the problem. They're, yeah. they're, they're sports watching and, and because money talks yeah. and, and, and money at the end of the day and, and your well-being the money. and your stability <laughs> money is, is stronger right than, than, yeah. than values nice. we hold and, and want to be true to. Yeah. It's very difficult. It's a very compromising and awkward situation <sighs> and, and that's what sports watching has become and, and slowly and slowly and slowly it's it's becoming a normal part of sport, which is at the end it's of the day. It's important. It's inches and inches and inches and inches. It's like, where's the line now? That's what happens. Yeah, you're absolutely right. We're going to take a break, guys. Felipe Cardenas is going to join us when we come back. We're going to chat some more Leagues Cup. Stick around. We'll be back. I think he's onside. Messi. Messi! 
to the United States of America and Major League Soccer. There's your GOAT. 5-4. Santos must convert here. He misses. Houston, stay alive. FC Dallas needed two points. They get three. FC Dallas walk away very happy with what's going on tonight, knowing they're through to the next round now. Oh, I'm still recovering from the messy magic we saw last night. Here's a look at Tuesday's League's Cup results. Obviously, Inter-Miami with that 4-0 win over Atlanta United, Santos Laguna, and Houston Dynamo. And in a 2-2 draw, but then Houston advance on PK's Dallas beat Necaxa 3-0. And uh, Mazatlan beats Juarez on PK's as well. For more on League's Cup. We are very excited to bring in our good friend, Felipe Cardenas. Now, we gave you some shtick for your, your shirt yesterday. Alexis is very disappointed because this one, I mean, this is just a nice shirt. This you can't shirt. say, you can't say anything bad He's ready for about night. this shirt. Yeah. He was ready. He was trying to come up with a, a good joke, and got he got nothing. nothing. As soon as he come off camera, that, sec, that third button's getting unbuttoned. Oh, yeah. Little, yeah, you know what it is. If I stump Alexis, if I stump Alexis, then I've, I've, I'm already winning. But I'm it winning. even matches your <laughs> eyes. It does. Uh, it even matches see, your eyes. See. I'm, I'm Alexis is getting lost. I know, dude. <laughs> yeah, he's giving he's giving Night King vibes right now. Yeah. <laughs> this is, this is shirt, I bought this shirt in Barcelona a couple of years ago, so oh, I'm, that's a flex. I'm showing the. It does look yeah, international. That's a little bit of a flex, with, with but hey, why not? This show is all about flexing. It is, and we're all about flexing here. And uh, speaking of flexing, how about uh, that display that we saw from Inter Miami last night against Atlanta United? We really we dove into uh, the Miami side of this and how the complexion of that team has completely changed with the addition of Lionel Messi and Sergio Busquets. On Atlanta's side, uh, Felipe, this it, 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 they just never looked. They never looked into it. They looked, they looked toothless. They had no answers. They were giving way too much space to these players. Um, what was your reaction to Atlanta's performance last night? It was it was embarrassing, honestly, because uh, there, there uh, many things happened throughout the week. Gonzalo Pineda, the players that we spoke to, they talked about a plan on how to contain Messi and how to pressure Busquets and how to keep the ball and play in an, or, and defend Inter Miami by keeping the ball. And none of that happened. They just didn't execute at all. And so, in the end, you know, even for Gonzalo Pineda, who here in Atlanta. He has not won over the fans. And so that 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 sort of that dynamic between Pineda, the fans really took off yesterday in Twitter. It's it's in a bad place that the tactics were naive. Uh, the, the players were, were unclear about what to do over five minutes. Five minutes, they pressured and they pressured. There was a high press, and that's fine. That, it was an ambitious way to attack into Miami. But we're talking about one of the worst defenses in the league in Atlanta United. This is not a team that's disciplined enough to maintain that sort of risk tactically. And in the end, Inter-Miami just ate them up. You know, it's, it's something that I, I think here, when you play Inter-Miami now, that's a, this is part of the messy effect that we're talking about. Now, when you play Inter-Miami, the world is watching. And the world is going to find out very quickly if your roster is mismanaged, if your players aren't, aren't playing for the coach, if the tactics are wrong. And all of that was on display yesterday for Atlanta United. It was an embarrassment. It was a debacle. Because this was a game that I think for Gonzalo Pineda was massive 
facing Tata Martino, who honestly in Mexico is still probably one of the most hated men in the country, <laughs> Gonzalo Pineda, a, a young Mexican promising manager and gets completely stomped by Martino. So again, that's it's not a great look for Pineda and certainly not a good look for Atlanta United at all. So how much, Felipe, does this trickle upwards towards Bocanegra. Pineda hasn't worked out. Uh, specifically yesterday, Santi Sosa wasn't brilliant. Uh, Juanjo Purata subbed off at, at halftime because he, he, he couldn't handle Messi. They needed to do a, a different tactical adjustment for the second half to try to pull out something different out of the bag. Are the fans unhappy with not only Pineda but the rest of the front office as well? Yes, and they've been unhappy with the front office for several years now. And, and Carlos Bocanegra, the technical director, you know, yes, I mentioned that the players are taking the brunt of this, right? The, the coaching staff taking the brunt of this. But this is his team. This is his roster. These are his players. Bocanegra is the way that he built this roster. And he really gambled on a lot of young players that weren't ready to come in and be starters and, and, and really come in and be stars in MLS aside from Tiago Amada. But you mentioned Sosa. The midfield has been just a rotation of players. They can't fit into any of the tactics that uh, Gonzalo Pineda wants to put out there. You mentioned Juan Purata, who was shipped off from Tigres in Liga MX, couldn't play there anymore, comes here, has been okay for Atlanta United, but defensively a big liability. And now you're now you're really playing against a player like like Lionel Messi that he, he's just going to find ways to to expose you. And so Carlos Bocanegra, yes, I think this goes all the way to the top. You know, Garth Garth Lagerwey, the new president for Atlanta United, has a lot of work to do here. This is something that he is inheriting. I've spoken to him several times for stories with the Athletic. He's being patient. I think he's going to let this play out because he doesn't want to come in and just say, hey, get rid of this guy, get rid of this guy. This is a, a patient man, Garth Lagerwey. But the people who are impatient right now are fans. This is supposedly one of the biggest clubs in MLS, and they just don't look it. And so the pressure is on beginning from the top. And again, Carlos Bocanegra was interviewing for a job in Scotland with Rangers. Clearly, perhaps he's looking at his future, his near-term future. Uh, but it, it, it's not bright right now in Atlanta. And, and Bocanegra and the rest of the front office are, are really behind the eight ball right now. I want to ask about the rest of the league, and in particular the front office. And what we've seen in the last two matches of Messi uh, is, uh, you know, a player who, you know, seems like is helping everyone else click. Is there a fear, and I, I got this right around the third goal yesterday, is there a fear that maybe the rest of the league is going to have to up the quality of player they bring in uh, in order to sort of be able to compete with a player like Lionel Messi and Busquets and this team and sort of use this as an opportunity to build the quality of the league in general. Have you heard any rumblings about how, you know, the, the league is sort of adjusting to, oh, no, is he almost too good? No, that, that's going to be a huge story moving forward. You know, what, what is the reaction from the rest of the league in order to to keep up with Inter-Miami if they're, if they're going to not only play with Lionel Messi but bring in other players? Uh, you know, someone wrote to me yesterday, uh, an Atlanta United fan, and said, Nick, what, what is Atlanta supposed to do to keep up if we're playing on training wheels? And, and, and I think in the end that's a reflection of the league, that there's still – uh, difficult financial restrictions to get around in order to really spend the way that you want. 
And I do think that Lionel Messi will be sort of a breaking point to to loosen some of these rules and allow teams to build rosters more effectively and, and be able to compete. You know, the one thing that Lionel Messi also is just completely blowing out of the water here is like this time that that players need to adapt to MLS or any league. I know it happens. I know I really do. I've seen it firsthand, but he's just come in. And, and taking the league by storm, you know, how many goals can he score a game? How many goals can he score in a full season? You know, that's now something that we're talking about. But to your point, Alexis, yeah, you know, you, you can't just be st- a status quo owner in MLS anymore. It was fine, perhaps, when Lionel Messi wasn't in the league. But now he's here. And he, if he's going to go around the country and put on a show every time he plays – that's not great for the league either. If he just starts, if Inter Miami starts blowing people out of the water in every game, that they have to compete. And I think this will change a little bit, little by little, uh, how the league and how some owners really think about spending money. Felipe, quick question for you. Now we saw a couple Mexican teams last night in League's Cup that were ostensibly home teams, but they're being forced to play in the states like everyone else is. For this tournament to progress, do you think that it needs to be a, an actual? you get to play in your own home country, in your own stadium? I do. I think so. I mean, listen, League's Cup right now, it wasn't supposed to be this, okay? And I mean this because when League's Cup was, was when this edition and this iteration of League's Cup, because this is a tournament that didn't just begin this year, there have been different iterations of it. When it kicked off and it was, it was explained and it was expanded, no one thought Lionel Messi would be playing in this <laughs> tournament. Now he is. Now all eyes are on League's Cup. Okay, now it's one of the most talked about tournaments in the world. And all these teams, you know, Cruz Azul became one of the most, I think, talked about clubs in the world as well for a week. Uh, And so eyes are on the league. And, you know, I talked to Carlos Vela about this, uh, Aaron, and and I asked him, like, hey, you know, in order for this to to evolve, wouldn't you like to travel to Mexico? Shouldn't teams be able to to play in their own stadiums? And he said, yes, you know, he's going to take advantage. He's going to be on a team that. LAFC that if they advance, they're always going to be playing either at home or in the United States. Mm. And and I think you saw what happened with Leon. Leon traveling from Vancouver to LA for this game against the Galaxy, and and they're stuck in an airport for a day. And you know I don't. It, this can happen, you know, for, for in a domestic flight as well to an MLS team, but I, I don't think it will. And so it does put Mexican teams. Uh, it gives them a bit of a disadvantage. And I think just for the the essence of the tournament, uh, you want to see. You want to see different environments and you want to see MLS clubs get really tested in those sorts of environments as well in Mexico. So it would be great. I, t- I asked Don Garber before the the game, the Inter-Miami Cruz Azul game, you know, what is the evolution of, of this tournament? He wouldn't really go into uh, pl- expanding it and playing playing more games in Mexico. Mikel Arriola, the Liga MX uh, commissioner. I asked him the same question. He also wouldn't really go into that. They were focused on what's happening in front of us now. But I I think that's that's the future of the tournament. I think that Mm. really is. I kind of disagree just because of the money. Because try to sell out an FC Dallas Necaxa in Aguascalientes. Mm. Uh, You're much probably going to get a better crowd and pack more packed stadiums when you're pairing MLS teams with not so big name Liga MX teams in the United States. And as long as that, Mikel Arriola's pockets fine. and Don Garber's pockets are full, they don't mind. 
Yeesh. Exactly. But then, then I think the conversation can't be about is the gap closing? Is the gap closing? Oh, look how great we're doing against League MX because, right. because the, the, the competition is, is geared toward. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The playing field isn't even. I agree 100% with you, Nico. It's like this hmm. is this is a, a Soccer United marketing tournament and and they know where the where the dollars are going to be moving right. forward. That's not going to change. Uh, but I think if we're talking purely from a, a competitive standpoint, it would be great to see FC Dallas okay. travel to the Azteca and see yeah. how they can yeah. how how they can manage there. Yeah, but I just feel like Absolutely. this tournament isn't about closing it the gap and rather just making money and another marketing closing the tool. gap in my bank account. This is Alas, this is we are, now we are, we are not the decision. Yeah. Yeah. We are not the decision. Hey, but it's a good business model. <laughs> Susanna, you worked there for seven years. <laughs> what, what do you know, <laughs> Susanna? Some tapes Mexico everywhere and look I'm how they powerless. do. Real quick, I'm... can I thank Felipe or something for saying my name in Spanish? No one ever does that. Thank you for saying Alexis. Anytime, man. Yeah. Anytime. That's I can't how, believe I made fun of your shirt. <laughs> Never again until you're on again. See? Now he feels bad. Uh, Felipe, always great insight. Thanks so much for taking the time this morning. We appreciate you. Oh, man. Take care. Felipe, muchísimas gracias, hermano. We are going to take a break. We are chatting some UEFA Champions League qualifiers on the other side. Stick around. We'll be right back. Welcome back to UEFA Champions League qualifiers underway. Here's a look at the results and the fixtures. Dinamo Zagreb beat Astana for nil. Jalbrich Vilnius and Galatasaray 2-2 draw. Dnipro versus Panathinaikos. Uh, they lose 1-3. And Servette and Gink, a 1-1 draw. HJK, a 1-0 win over Molde. And we've got Sheriff uh, Maccabi Haifa later on today at 1 p.m. Eastern. Nico. Yes. For those that do not know, can you kind of uh, do a little explainer once again about how these UCL qualifiers work and the process. Yeah, so there are two avenues to get to yes. the Champions League. They group all of the league winners <coughs> together in the Champions Pool, essentially, and they play each other up until the very last cool. round of qualifying, which is the playoff round. And if you don't make the Champions League group stage through this Champions path, you drop down, if you get to the playoff, you drop down into the Europa League. And similarly, in the league path, you, you also, if, if you don't win your league, you go into the league path. Uh, that's where PSV Eindhoven is, for example, and okay. the likes of Marseille as well further down the road. And they also have a shot of making the Champions League group stage. And if they don't make it there, depending on where you crash out, you can either make uh, Europa League or Conference League further down the line. And it was only a couple years ago, a, a team like Sheriff, who were playing right. today. They, From the very first round of qualifying. The very, they, who did they, they beat? Uh, Real Madrid. Real Madrid. Yeah. In the group stage. In the group stage. Yeah. 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 So there are, there are instances where some of these, right. these clubs can, can come in and, and make a little noise. Which is, uh, I mean, Dinamo Zagreb, who's been in, in Champions League group stage often, mm -hmm. look how far back they have to go in this uh, second round of qualifying. Galatasaray, a European winning club, is all the way back here. Turkish coefficient has dropped a lot, so they have to, go, they have to start all the way back. Dinamo Zagreb famously beat Tottenham in Champions League uh, in, two years uh, ago? Europa League. That was Europa League. Yes, sorry, it was. Talking about Lion City Sailors FC? No, Lion City Sailors FC is currently up 1-0 oh, on Tottenham. Sorry. And by the way, Tottenham has started Sun, Kane, Kulisevsky. I know those names. <laughs> I mean, Familiar. Not the kids. <laughs> Isn't this crazy? 
Wow. wow. Um, okay, not this segment, but. Sorry. <laughs> Let's get to some highlights in there. <laughs> of the we Champions League qualifiers. How about that? Uh, yeah, we're going to start with Dnipro versus Panathinaikos. And yeah. we'll pick things up in the 10th minute. This is the league path. It's not the Ukrainian winner against the Greek winner, but uh, runners up and whatnot. Here is uh, Andras Spodar, the Croatian, uh, that, that puts it away after Jankar uh, guy. Absolutely beautiful. Panathinaikos was on one, really. They just kept on going. Uh, beautiful finish. And then Juancar finds uh, Duricic with a nice finish there. Juancar gets one of his own. Look at this. Yeesh. Love the embellishment there. It was a foul. Yeah. But hey. you really just got to play it up. It was a good sell. If the ref believes it. Yeah, it happens. All, you need. All right, moving along to Dinamo Zagreb versus Astana. It was crazy. Dinamo Zagreb just proved to Astana that they are the better team. This is the champions pass, so this is the Croatian champion. And Luka Ivanušić absolutely balled with a hat trick to make it 4-0. This is game over. The team from Kazakhstan oh. didn't stand a chance. This is the Luka Ivanušić's uh, oh, show. No. Look at this. Oh, oh. Bangers. Left it for oh. Jeez. That's a flock at that. Maybe, ever maybe seen my one. favorite goal. Look at the way he picks out this top corner. Also, wow. shouts to the dude Yeesh. who boxed the other guy out. I know. Give him space. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. And then this is probably the most surprising result of them all because it's a Lithuanian champion, Zalgiris against Galatasaray, who has been heavily reinforced in the transfer window, has a pretty good lineup. They got back into the game with this uh, goal by centre-back, uh, Abdul Kerim Bardakce, and then Halis Dervisholu ends up scoring this putback after the rebound. And it looked like Galatasaray was going to escape Lithuania with a win, but Jalgiris has but wait, made more. it interesting. <laughs> Don't you just I love mean, a good wait? There's more. 91st minute, wow. cross the face of the area. It Great like finish. It's a nice finish. It's a wonderful finish. Well worth the yellow card. But here's a question. If he couldn't get his jersey back before the whistle, would he have to get another card? <laughs> If the team couldn't provide a, 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 uh, another kit, yeah, yeah. he, 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 he would get a second. Yeah. He, he can't play. You're not allowed to play. They would. I think they would sub him off yeah. before. By far, my favorite sendings off are when a player scores, takes his shirt off for a second yellow card, and then the goal is called back, and he's still sent oh. off. Those are my favorite oh. sending oh. off. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's just like a... Yeah. Oh, no. There's no explanation for oh, that. No. It's like, oh, it's oh, coach walks in, you're like, no, yeah, you're right. Listen, no, you, yeah, you're I should have right. kept my shirt on. <laughs> oh, um, you mentioned it, Nico. Uh, Galatasaray, yeah. have, they bolstered their, their a, roster. A decent amount. A decent amount. Yeah, so. they were already pretty stacked beforehand. They lost a couple of important players in, in the transfer window just because they were loans and, and whatnot. For example, a really important player for them last season was Milo Trashitska, former Norwich City uh, Kosovar uh, player and an attacking FIFA player. Tw- FIFA all Star. He was fantastic in, oh, in FIFA in the early season. Nice. Well, he was Just fantastic for Galatasaray as well. And uh, he's not going to continue. It doesn't look like it with Galatasaray. But so they've added the likes of Wilfred Zaha from Crystal Palace, who has Big. scored a countless amount of goals. Palace and it looks so like sad. he's yeah. going to play alongside. Uh, Mauro Icardi and it, it's a pretty big signing because it's just more offensive power and they're going all in on Champions League 
and they have to make the group stage at this point. It would be a massive failure if the Turkish champions don't. But it's not only him, but they also have Angelino, the fullback, former New York City FC That's fullback. Right. You you pointed loan, out the other day on loan from uh, from uh, Manchester from Manchester City, City and then he, right. he bounced around a little bit in Leipzig, Germany, I believe. Leipzig right. and Hoffenheim, and then ended up making his way to to Galatasaray. And he's able to get really high up and offer some service on that wing, which the person who's going to benefit the most on that left attacking side is going to be a young Turkish attacker called Kerem Akturkoglu. He does the Weston McKinney uh, wand celebration, Harry Potter celebration. That's what his nickname is in Turkey. And he is dynamic. His comes nickname off the is Weston McKinney? Wait, who did it first? <laughs> I, know, right? um, I don't know. You have to roll back the clock because he's been doing it for a while as well. This, I think we need yeah. to get to the bottom of this. Well, he's, well, well, he's going to be doing good, it in Champions doing, League. Yeah. And, and wow. Weston McKinney at this, wow. as of this we point. We don't know. Won't Should be you doing now it wear the orange? Wow. <laughs> yeah. You're throw um, shit on but can I mean, and for these are this is a nice uh, shop window for mm -hmm. bigger clubs. Is Lucas Torreira still? Is Lucas Torreira yeah, yeah. is Nicol, in, this, in the Zanolo in the midfield with Sergio Oliveira and and players like that. The things I think we'll see much more internationals together in Champions League because in Turkey there's a rule that you have to have a certain amount of Turkish players, so you can't just throw out all your internationals at once. Um, but we'll probably see a really good team. Here's Kerem against Barcelona in the Europa League a couple uh, last season. But um, what I was going to point out is that uh, big clubs might look at this Galatasaray team and the likes of Sasha Bowie linked to Arsenal right back. He was linked to Arsenal for a really long time. Mm -hmm. But now that they're in Champions League, if they make the group stage, which is goal number one, all of these players have an opportunity to raise their price in Galatasaray, make a, a good sale about, for a lot of these guys into big European teams. Hmm. Sh shout out Galatasaray. Shout out Ultra Aslan. Shout out the race. They treated me like an actual king there. They took me to a funeral, wow. a wedding. Sorry, All, the Ultra Aslan I like was embedded with them a couple years ago, and they took me in one a day. A funeral. A funeral for one of their, like the founders of Ultra Aslan, a wedding of two of the Ultra Aslan uh, members and the game in the same day. You All got, in the same like, day. Like the it full was gamut wild. of it was experiences. Wild. Yes. So Didn't someone want to take a like photo family. with you? Didn't someone want yeah, to take a photo they, because they you met them? They wanted to take a picture with wow. me because I met the race, who is like the head of Ultra Asan. Basically, a Don. He is the Don. Yes. Like, he runs everything around there. Aaron West and got some stories. Above oh, down and below ground. I have many stories. Yes, yeah. I do. I've got to get their, their best chant the shh. B, Igu, Uch, Jing, Bum, Bum. Jing, Bum, Bum. That stadium is Jing, Bum, Bum. Incredible. Incredible. Yeah, epic. I love it when Nico awesome. chants. Awesome. That is awesome. <laughs> so here for it. Um, all right, we're going to take a break. Plenty more to chat about when we return, including the Premier League Summer Series. We'll be right back. Welcome back. The Premier League Summer Series is underway. Here's a look at today's matches. Brentford taking on Brighton at 5.30 p.m. Eastern. Fulham and Aston Villa taking on each other at 7 p.m. Eastern. And then we have Chelsea facing Newcastle at 8.15 p.m. Eastern. All of these matches on Peacock. Uh, an interesting storyline that Newcastle-Chelsea match is going to be played in Atlanta mm -hmm. at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. And there is going to be a very familiar face for those Atlanta fans, and Miguel Almiron, who is now um, an essential part of that Newcastle squad. I know you remember well the, oh, yeah. uh, the Almiron days at uh, Atlanta United. He helped them win uh, the MLS Cup in 2018. It, it was, he, he, 
he was so special. Biggie was real good. Biggie was real good. And there was such a sense of pride when he got sold. I mean, it was sad because yeah. you wanted to obviously keep him and continue to watch him. But when he was sold to Newcastle, it felt it felt like such a win for Atlanta. It felt like such a win for for Major League Soccer. Yes. Um, and so I know that he is going to get an incredible reception at Mercedes-Benz Stadium it. tonight. He does. Yeah, he does. Right. I know he's dealt with some some injuries with his time at at Newcastle, but for him what what have what have you enjoyed watching him? How have you enjoyed watching him progress as a player? Uh, now that he's in the Premier League. I do want to say, you're 100% right. I remember when he got sold to Newcastle, it did feel like a win for MLS. It was, it almost ushered in the, okay, now we're a selling league mm -hmm. era, uh, which is now, okay, we're a messy league era. So that was a short <laughs> era. But uh, when Miguel Amiron goes to Newcastle, you know, a lot of issues in Newcastle with the owner, with the, with the coach, um, or I should say the manager. Slow start. You know, the conversation was he can't score, you know, first seven matches without scoring a lot of opportunities. Uh, you know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, social media personalities that are big, uh, you know, Jordies that were, you know, sort of harping on him and, and joking around. And then it, it started to turn around. And the one thing he never lost was that smile. You know, that smile that he plays with. He never lost it. He always played with a good heart. And now is a, a little bit of a fan favorite. And the, and the conversation has turned to him being almost essential for Newcastle. So for him to go back home, you know, to go back to Atlanta, I remember when the conversation about him going to Atlanta was he didn't even, he had never heard of the city of Atlanta. All he heard was Tata Martino wanted him. Yeah. He thought it was Atalanta. He didn't care where he was going. He just wanted, he really did. So he just wanted to yeah. sign anywhere because of Tata Martino. And look at how well that turned out for the city of Atlanta to go back. That's got to be a wonderful homecoming. There's not going to be one, one dry eye in that house mm. to see this guy get back. That said, He's at 29 years old. He's 29 years old now. I believe he has two years left on his he contract. He still looks like he's 15. Yes, he does. He will forever look <laughs> like he's 15. Uh, but this, I, I get a feeling that if this goes well, he may end his career back in Atlanta. Oh, that would be that is a, cool. I have a solid arc. Yeah. That is just a I feeling I get. Yeah, I know, right? And it's what a homecoming for someone like him because he proved correctly that the U.S. and in particular the MLS, I should say, is a correct springboard, is a yeah. good springboard to Europe. Yeah, I think he, the, his transfer, like signing in MLS and then signing for Newcastle kind of shifted the perception a lot, like from the Steven Gerrard's, Frank Lampard's, this is what MLS is mm -hmm. to this is who MLS is. This is what MLS has become, signing young, attractive talents from South America, Latin America, from around the world, and using this as a springboard. The, the Tiago Amadas of the world now. Yeah. Like he, he will be going for a pretty big transfer fee when he eventually goes. This is what MLS is now. It's young, exciting talent with a lot of fresh faces that you will be seeing in European teams uh, around the world. Credit to Atlanta United, who kind of led the charge were a bit of pioneers mm -hmm. in, Absolutely. in yeah, that yeah. field, right? To go to Latin America, to Argentina, and go pick out a Miguel Almiron from Lanús. Mm -hmm. um, and Lanús is not a big name club. He was doing really well at Lanús, but to go to Lanús and say, hey, that's our guy that we want to be our franchise players is a good eye I mean, from, probably from, from scouted. the scouts. They didn't just pick a lot. Right, but yeah. not only that, uh, Tito Vichalva was really good on yeah, the yeah. team. And then there were a couple flops here and there. Piti Martinez coming Piti from Martinez. River wasn't sure. as impactful as Ezequiel Barco, for example, but they're constantly going to Latin America. And look, LAFC has done similar with Cifuentes now that has... Oh, they a, pre a pretty big, a pretty yeah. big price tag on his name. So um, the fact that he's able to thrive and key for him in his career 
hopefully Paraguay can go back to the World Cup in 2026 with it here in the United States. Imagine if he not only goes with Newcastle, oh, but if Paraguay somehow yeah, yeah. gets a game in Atlanta, uh, it would incredible. be it would, would be, be awesome, which is not going to be played on turf, I would imagine. <laughs> it was, um, and it would be, Paraguay hasn't been to a World Cup since uh, 2014. Okay. So uh, to go back to the World Cup. Pretty special. And yeah, have that link, Tata Martino. It was funny enough, his, it, since they've <laughs> come. I am, I get <laughs> You're going to like this. It's one. like a lifetime movie. Since <laughs> the Almirons are in the United States, the, the wife and kid of Almiron went to Miami to go hang out and say hello Here to Tata go. Martino. Wait, and see, then no, did we? Really wait, 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 no, <laughs> can at, we see this? See, they're Miami. Oh, that is Miguel Almiron's son and Joseph doing their iconic goal side. Hey. Wow. Incredible. Miguel Almiron's getting that bag. That kid's wearing a Givenchy <laughs> shirt. <laughs> I don't even have a Givenchy yes. shirt. <laughs> No, say, I have such a con- I, I loved I, I remember when Atlanta came into the league and t- exactly to your point, Nico, they, they completely changed the game in the yes. way that they set up that roster. And there was a lot of questions about whether or not this was going to work. And then in year they made it to the playoffs in their first season. Year two, they absolutely thrash oh. everyone and, and end up winning. Who knows if they would have who knows if they would have beat Columbia we're in the who knows part of it, but it would be Columbus in those penalty kicks that first year. I know. You never know. I was, I was there. You, I was you never standing. know. I was there behind. I remember right. talking to Zach Steffen after that game. introduced Atlanta soccer culture to the world. Exactly. Yes. Love that. You did a wonderful piece that on that, by the way. That was ever done. Yeah. Love that security security It was fantastic. Always love Atlanta. But Miguel Almaron, I think, is forever entrenched in the hearts of Atlanta soccer fans because that, especially that connection that he had with Joseph Martinez. Yeah. And I'm just, <laughs> Joseph Martinez loved Atlanta. Yes. Yes, he did. <laughs> A little right. too much, so much <laughs> Hey, it's the first MLS Cup went to Magic City. This was for history. my culture, for history, my culture. Baby. This is perfect. Atlanta changed MLS for the positive. We ushered in my culture, I like to say. Iconic yes. for so many reasons. Magic City. Uh, oh, that was fun. It was on a Monday. The midfield of that team, the, the, champ, the MLS mm-hmm. Cup winning team, was Remedi and Nagby. Yes. Wow. Remedi. I forgot Eric about Remedi. Remedi. Mm-hmm. This is why I think MLS needs to spend more money on coaches. Look at look at the changes that Tata Martino made. Oof. All right, guys, let's do it again tomorrow. Thanks for watching. We'll see you then.